She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast with me, your host, Jill Ritchie. So this is not just any episode. This is the final Friday episode of season three. I can't believe it's gone in so fast, like season three in the bag. And I've already started recording for season four. Season four is going to take a kind of different slant. It's still going to be me. We're still going to be talking real stuff. Um, We're going to be talking truth, authenticity, purpose, passion, all of the things, but I'm taking it in a slightly different direction. And so before I do, I want to introduce you to a guest, today's guest. And today's guest will tell you everything you need to know about the direction that I'm going to move into for season four. Um, I am always true to myself, the journey I have been on, um, where I'm at. And um, yeah, I'm going to share much more with that about that with you in season four. So that's going to be coming up in the next sort of five, six weeks, guys. So keep an eye out for that. I'm also doing a full rebrand and relaunch. And so that's super exciting. Um, but yeah, so I thought I would end season three with a real teaser. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome to She Loves Herself, Rianne. <laughs> Good morning. How lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, everyone, you are in for such a treat <laughs> with this episode. You know, when I started the podcast, I didn't actually think, when I started it, this is obviously season three now, I had an idea of, you know, right, always being in alignment and whatever I'm doing and the guests that come on. And it was all about really embracing vulnerability and and people sharing openly and vulnerably about their story. And then something happened in season three, Rianne, (laughs) where I was like, right, things are shifting. I'm starting to really open up more about and work on my own sexuality intimacy relationships and things and I think when you start to work through that stuff yourself it's like right you start to and obviously the universe this is how the universe works they start to bring other people into your life and you start just to see other things differently and so I was really keen to get Rianne on the podcast because well, obviously I'll let her, I'll let her explain to you all um, her expertise, but this is really, really juicy. And, and actually before we started recording, we were chatting back and forth on WhatsApp saying, right, okay, let's start, is there kind of going to be a theme that we're going to talk about? And I never like to rehearse anything. I think when I do that, I get in my head and it just doesn't flow. So we're going to just chat about various different things on this episode, very, very juicy and really, really interesting and very much in alignment with me and where I'm at and the direction I want to start to move into. So, Rianne, tell our listeners who don't know who you are, <laughs> who are you and what is it that you are an expert in? Thank you, thank you. Uh, Well, my name's Rianne Kivitz and I am a sex and relationship expert and a sacred feminine healer. And I work with all aspects of sex and relationships, combining psychology, spirituality and energy because I love for myself and for my clients that integrated approach. And I believe that how we do one thing is how we do everything. (laughs) And sometimes the way that we can get our lives and our businesses and whatever else we desire to do unstuck by working on the sexual part the, the the energetic aspect of the sexual part <laughs> um, because that is how we form this 
real deep, close, pleasurable connection mm -hmm. with ourselves. And, you know, sometimes unsticking that can have this domino effect mm -hmm. on every other part of your life. And that was where you needed to do the work. Mm. Right. <laughs> so that's what I do. <laughs> I absolutely love this. And I've got there's so much already popping up going right, ask this, ask that. <laughs> First of all, I want to ask you when what was it? What was your story, Rianne, that got you to move into the direction and, and where you are right now and what you teach? Because, you know, when we're often at school, it's like I don't want to, you know, we don't often hear little girls saying, I want to be a, a sex therapist. <laughs> I want to be an expert on, you know, intimacy and sex and desire and passion. What happened with you that took you down that path? Mm. Well, if you were to wind back, let's say 15 years from today, you would see a really different woman in front of you really different. I was in this really unpleasant, emotionally abusive marriage. I was working in work that just didn't fulfill me, doing jobs that felt like a grind, managing three small children, living in a city not far from London. And my life was just a rat race. I was just on a hamster wheel at that point. And I started to notice how disconnected and unfulfilled I was, but I had no idea why. And I had no idea what I could do about it because I was also in this situation that was taking all my energy in this horrendous relationship. Mm. And uh, it's, a, it's a funny story, but one day I was sitting in my living room with my husband at that time. And, you know, in those days, we used to get these community magazines through the yeah. letterbox, right? We don't get them anymore. Well, we do. <laughs> oh, do here. you? In my we time I love, we still get them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like going back in time to the olden days. <laughs> um, well, anyway, this magazine, community magazine, came through the door. And I opened up this magazine and the very first thing I saw was an advert and it just said Reiki, right? It was, it was a course, a Reiki training course. And I will promise you at that time, I had no idea what Reiki was. I had no idea about spirituality or healing or anyth anything metaphysical. And I looked at it and something activated in me and I turned around to my husband and I said, I'm going to go and do this. And of course, he took no notice. <laughs> there she goes again, you know. So off I went to do this Reiki course and it catalyzed within me this incredible awakening and awareness and this feeling, right? It was like my feeling had woken up all of a sudden. And then as the months the weeks, the months, and, and probably the, la the next couple of years went by, I started to realize exactly what had been going on for me. I had completely switched off and had been switched off for longer than I could even have remembered, right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, this set me off on a path, on an adventure, and I realized that I had to get out of that relationship because I started to really connect with what was happening and how wrong it was and, and how badly I needed to reclaim myself. And I started to really explore what the heck had got me into that situation in the first place. And it always goes deeper than you think mm -hmm. because, of course, it, it wasn't my husband's sole responsibility <laughs> that this had been going on. As I started to track back and consider my relationship history and then consider my childhood, I realized that I had been set up from day one to enter into relationships where 
I would not be loved, where I would not be honored, where I would not be cared for, where my needs would not be met. And ultimately, I would give and give and give and there would be nothing left. And so as part of my journey, I decided to really go deep with this. And that was when I chose to qualify with Relate the UK's National Organization for Sex and Relationships, because I wanted not only to discover what was going on within me and why, I wanted to be able to take this out and help other people. And I knew at that point that that was to be part of my path, because at that point, I'd been healing for quite some time, um, going down the route of Reiki and energy healing and spirituality. And all these women were coming into my practice, all of them with similar issues, mm -hmm. some with childhood sexual abuse, some with history of you know, just terrible relationships, many with a, a poor self-image, low self-worth, body issues, you know, all these women were coming to me. And it was like the themes were just repeating and repeating over and over again. And it was as if these women were, of course, they were my clients, but they were just like reflections of me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, like yeah. looking at myself in, mm -hmm. in these through these different beautiful faces and bodies. And so I knew that I needed that psychological piece. And of course, when you do that psychological piece, you start to really then deepen the energetic work because you understand how thoughts, feelings, um, behaviors fit together and you start to understand the patterns and the attachment issues and and the, the the deep psychological wounds that you're holding and and so really Jill you know that was was my journey and that's how I became this um, multi-skilled practitioner but also how I was able to broaden and, and widen my knowledge of myself through understanding that human condition and it always for me came back to this relationship with self that had not been established in the first place right yeah it always does and I think that this is the the thing where so many will look out with to fill a void and mm. fulfill a need and actually um I, I just recorded um my Monday 10 minute episode mm. and someone came in asking about um that they struggle with relationships they don't have feel like they have friends like good friends and I I said no what is your relationship like with yourself mm. <clears throat> because everyone's a mirror <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a mirror and so we do always you know I see this so much I think times are starting to change but looking at what is the pattern and all we are responsible for is ourselves and so when you talked about um the missing piece with your husband so was intimacy an issue for you guys then you mentioned when you went back actually through previous relationships was that a pattern that was happening for you a lot then Rianne? Mm. Mm. yeah I, I was attracting partners who were not at all conscious of intimacy I was attracting partners for whom sex was um a, a function and an entitlement mm. who had no idea how to really connect with me sexually were not interested in what I needed or what I wanted and were just the kinds of partners who I felt wanted to take 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 you know mm. and and I believed that I needed to give give yeah. give <laughs> in order to keep these men and to keep these relationships mm. and I was so attached to the, the the need to have those relationships in my world that I cut myself off from me I, I disconnected from myself in order to be able to sustain it so so I, I attracted abusive partners sexually mm -hmm. abusive partners mm -hmm. and this was a real theme for me and you know those kinds of partners were not partners who wanted to know how they could love me 
how they could pleasure me, how they could unlock um, vulnerability and deeper feeling within me. Because it's that that's not that's not on the agenda. That's not on the wavelength. <laughs> but clearly, it was my deepest need to experience that. So I went through this deep wounding in order for my deepest need to be exposed. And so now that's how I frame it rather than blame those partners or, or vilify men because I really don't. I adore men and I have a wonderful yeah. man in my life now. But, you know, that's how I would explain it, that actually when I look back, I see that there was purpose in that journey because I really needed to experience that wounding in order to be able to rise and heal. That's my personal belief about my journey anyway. Yeah, I think there's so many women that are listening to this that will mm. relate to that and actually have cut themselves off mm. completely and almost can go numb at points and just, and, and I hear it a lot, even in jokes with, you know, friends and girlfriends and even you hear it on on TV and things, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, I've got to do it tonight, can't be bothered, or oh, hurry up, or, oh, you know, it, it, it never, I, I think sometimes we'll see a romantic film and this is where we get caught up and think, oh God, you know, like there's, there's such love and intimacy there. And then we start to look at ourselves and are like, oh, well, I don't have that. Like, I don't feel like that. And, and again, it is that people separate, people split up or, or people will live a lie for years and years and years and just think, well, this is the way it is. Isn't everyone like this? But actually, where are we meeting our own needs as women particularly? Like, where do we know what it is that we really deeply desire rather than relying on someone to fix it or fix us? We need to work on and work through our trauma. So you experienced trauma and you work through that. And what was that like to uncover that? Because again, I guess it's not, I mean, maybe it's different for other people, but I know when I've, I've worked with people in any form of trauma, you know, it can take a long time to get really to the root because we have these layers and there's such fear around being naked, not just physically naked, but really being naked and wounds. And it can, it, it, it can come from, well, I mean, if you believe in, um, you know, ancestral bloodlines, I mean, I do. I think a lot of it can come through. Um, but when you did yours, was it, a, did it take a long time to get to the root and start to work on that stuff when you're, your own, Rianne? Oh, yeah, but because you know, it's that classic issue, isn't it? That the, the problem begins... And you think it is a certain thing, but as you go deeper, you start to realize, well, this isn't the problem at all. The problem is something else. <laughs> and then you peel off another layer and you say, wow, well, that wasn't really the problem. The problem is something even deeper. <laughs> and so you're solving problems there that seem not to have anything to do with whatever you thought yeah. the surface level problem was. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes sense 100%. Right. right. And, and for me, there was something about the divine timing, as I call it, of my mm. journey, which is that I believe I was able to access the deeper layers of myself when I was prepared and equipped and ready you know, mm. and so it would be around, you know, re reading, reading something very synchronistically that would enable me to dig a little deeper, meeting a certain healer or, or coach or therapist on my journey. And it was like, wow, this person has come along at the right time for me, or this modality has presented at the right time for me. And I know now that had that person or that modality presented earlier on in my journey, I would not have been able to have engaged with it because yeah. I wasn't ready. Right, ready. So, so it's a slow, slow process. I believe we're lifelong learners anyway. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not sitting here today saying, 
I'm, I'm perfect and I'm healed and I don't need to do any more work on myself because yeah. I'm, I am a junkie on the inner work. Me too. <laughs> sometimes it's so exhausting, isn't it? We're right. like, oh no. I think, you know, when we've chatted before, it's, it is almost like um, you can't unsee it. No. When you know there's another piece, you're like, gotta go there, even though it can feel really exhausting. Yes. And, and there's fear there. There's a lot of people that, especially with the sexuality part, right? Mm. We're, we can be very good at doing all the higher level stuff. You know, the, there's the surface level in our work. And then there's the kind of the, the deeper work, but actually going into the deeper parts, like the sacral, the, the sexual part, because there is this label, you know, that, mm. that, that people have taken on like, oh, it's a, shh, don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about mm. And I still feel that there's so much, in inverted commas, shame yeah. around people talking about that. And so we carry it like it's a dark secret. Like th- those are mm. the darker parts of ourselves that mm. we hold shame around. And um, it's like rude, it's naughty, it's bad. It's like we don't, do you know, do you still feel like that a lot, Rianne? And that's why people really do struggle with that part. I I think it's a huge reason why people struggle because <laughs> parents are still not equipped to talk yeah. to their children and to be mm. open with their children and to support their young people to go through a healthy process of sexual development. And of course, it's not the parents' fault because the parents are not equipped, right? They were not equipped by, by their parents. But I think that's one reason. I think the other reason is that there are such mixed messages out there in society and, and, and in education around where all of this sits. You know, as a parent of three young people, my kids were all given um, anatomical and safer sex education, but there has been zero pleasure education for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my youngest daughter is 17 now, so, you know, we're, t- we're talking about teenagers here. Where is the pleasure education for those young people it's not it's not there and i i don't actually think as adults we receive an awful lot of pleasure education that isn't geared towards telling us that we should look and feel and be a certain way you know mm-hmm. and there are some amazing people online who are championing this mm-hmm. some amazing you know bloggers and influencers and you know people who kind of work independently on this but as a whole as a culture and as a society i feel like pleasure education is still on the edge like it's not quite okay oh, it's totally it's totally on the edge right i mean like you you hear all the stuff like we're talking more about meditation and mindfulness and yeah but as soon as you hear the word pleasure or self-pleasure you physically see someone's energy going yeah yeah oh my god oh my god (laughs) it's so uncomfortable for people and I admit it was so uncomfortable for me like I've really been exploring this since I started doing the inner work like understanding why am I the way I am? Not that it's a bad thing. It's like, okay, really understanding the self more. Mm. And I've worked on layers and layers, but that was the, the that was the deepest layer that I was like, oh God, oh God, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go there. I can't really talk about that. No, you know, mm. so we pretend it's the lies that we tell ourselves, mm. right? Mm. Because when you say it, even the word pleasure, pleasure, there will be someone that hears that word and goes, oh, oh God. Yeah. What are they going to say? Oh my God, oh my God. But they want to listen, but there's such a fear around it's a bad thing. It's, it's we shouldn't be talking about right. it. It's, let's keep it a secret. <laughs> oh God, isn't it just, oh my God. But actually pleasure and in that, and, and, and sex and self-pleasure and all of that, we manifest the most from that space like we actually are so connected Mm. when we go into that space but 
do you feel like that it's this 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 shame like this word shame comes up right for so many around it they just are so uncomfortable do you believe in your experience then Rianne that many couples and people in relationships are are just coasting and just pretending and and going on for years and and not talking to each other about it either no one's talking about it yeah I meet I meet so many women and so many couples who really live these or, or conduct these surface level relationships and live these surface level lives because they are not well versed in the language of pleasure and and let me just say here that you know, we, we aspire to be wealthy and abundant. Most of us do, right? <laughs> we, we, want, we want this material wealth. We want to work hard. We want to, you know, manifest this abundance. And of course, to support ourselves, right? However, <laughs> when is it that you feel the most gratitude? When do you feel the most wealthy and the most enriched? Well, it's when you are in a deep state of pleasure. And so all through these these people's these women and women and couples lives businesses sex lives and relationships there is this kind of dampened down feeling where the pleasure is missing or the pleasure is fleeting or we don't hold on to it, we don't expand it. Mm. And it's almost like the pleasure is just a treat. But it's yeah. not it's not 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 for you um, on an ongoing basis. It's just a treat. And then in order to have it, you have to really deserve it. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, but none of that's really true. Imagine if you could live your life from a space of pleasure. And, and this is what me and my husband now do our utmost damnedest to do is to live our lives from this space of pleasure, to make choices in alignment with pleasure, to eat in alignment with pleasure and to really honor ourselves and our relationships and, and the things that we do in, in our lives with, fr- from this place of pleasure. It's about the pleasure everything shifts for you. And I truly believe this is why I do the work I do. I live where I live. Mm-hmm. And I have so much abundance in my life. I'm not telling you that I'm a millionaire, right? Because it isn't about that. But I support myself yeah, and I feel held. And I feel able to express that pleasure and to welcome more of it into my life. Mm, and very connected you can tell mm. like you're really connected to yourself mm. and your body and um so for people that are in a relationship right now mm. and they don't feel that connection with their partner okay how can they get that back oh mm. Well, it's a good question because we do have to focus on our relationship with ourselves right and so when i have worked with couples who come to me in this situation i will encourage them to each develop a self-pleasure practice now that may seem counterintuitive mm-hmm. right to, to some it, it may i know i know it wouldn't to you because they'll be saying well you know we, we want to improve things between us not on our own but how many of us have really engaged with ourselves to explore what we like and enjoy, what we prefer, what our body needs, um, what happens when we press this button or touch ourselves there, what happens with this kind of touch or that kind of touch, and how do we experience that beautiful free state of mind when we're just in the bliss of that self-pleasure and allowing ourselves, because we're not focused on you know, external things, allowing ourselves to really feel it. And how then, <laughs> if, if you haven't got that bit in place, how then can you guide the other person to pleasure you? Mm. You, you, 
You can't because you don't have any language for it. You don't know what to ask for, let alone how to ask for it. And then if the shame kicks in and you're going to freeze, which is what a lot of women do, then you're going to do this horrific thing that I just don't want anybody to do anymore, which is to keep tolerating unfulfilling, unpleasurable, numb sexual experiences again and again and again, re-traumatizing themselves, re-numbing themselves. Ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I sometimes ask my clients to promise me, please, please <laughs> promise me that you will not accept that kind of sexual experience again because mm -hmm. you're worth so, so much more than this. And when I say this to women, their eyes light up. And they actually see that, no, I don't have to keep accepting this. I don't have to keep tolerating this. Mm -hmm. And yes, I do deserve to find out about myself. And I do deserve to know, you know, the mysteries <laughs> and the magic within me. I do deserve to experience and know that. And then when we experience and know it, it's so beautiful that we then cannot wait to share. Right when you get to that place, when you really feel it, yeah. right? Mm. So it needs to start with you yeah. finding your own pleasure in yourself, yeah. because it's like anything. How can we expect someone to show up for us a certain way when we don't show up for ourselves in that way? And we don't ask for what we want for ourselves. We don't. And that doesn't always need to be sexually. It can be like you want time on your own or you want to to go somewhere on your own or have, yeah. have some space like and freedom from within mm. you know a lot of the time we feel trapped because we're not really expressing what we deeply deeply desire and what we want right and I want to go back to your point around um the worst thing that people can do is mm. to continue to have sex with a partner when they don't want to do it because they're re-traumatizing you said they are reach it's like you're compounding that trauma again and again and again because the body has memory it's not just the mind the body has memory and so when you start to feel those familiar feelings where your body is saying no no matter how much you try and work with your mind to force yourself through and to say yes your body will say no and so you will be numb and you will not be you know wet and juicy and welcoming for, for your partner you, you will actually be closed and tight and, and dry and uh, e even though quite a lot of the time you know couples do this over and over again and <laughs> the other partner may feel like actually they have a good sex life if you were really to sit that woman down and, and talk to her and she felt safe to open up and explain what it's like for her, you would hear that actually it's excruciating because the trauma is being played out again and again and again. And it's not the fault of the partner who maybe doesn't know this and doesn't understand this. And the woman has that, such shame around it. Right. She's not seeing, right. just doing it anyway. And it's yes. really not fair on either party no. to, to go through that. And no. No. gosh, Rihanna, no. how, does, how do a couple come back from that then? So, because I imagine that there'll be people that listen to this that are like, gosh, I've been like that for maybe 10 years with my partner. Mm. Mm. And I, I don't really enjoy it anymore, but I love him and blah, blah, blah. How mm. do, how can, or can a couple come back from that and work through it if there's mm. been trauma experience after trauma experience? Mm. Mm. I, I believe a couple can come back from that. I would want the causes and conditions to be there. So we're talking here about a couple who want to be together, who yeah. have a healthy relationship, who love each other. Yeah. And so... Once that woman has done that work on herself and she's in that space of, you know, really feeling connected and ready to expand and to bring what she has learned about herself to the table with her partner, it's a case of her partner really needing to be able to hold that space for her so that she can express herself and really being able to respond to her because she's learned things about herself that he may never, ever have known. Mm. 
because she's never shared it with him and she didn't even know it in the first place. So this is like a whole new way of coming together and being together that requires both people to be able to lean in. Mm. Right? And sometimes that requires support. Sometimes that requires um, more, more of a more education for the partner. And of course, it, it can be easy for, say, someone like me who's used to talking about sex and who doesn't feel that you know discomfort to explain things to, to couples through my work. However, it, it, can, it can still be challenging and it's a new experience for women to be able to just open up to their partner and express themselves. And, and so again, slowly does it, going step by step, holding that space, honoring how things are going, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but yes, of course it's possible to come back from it. And you know what? These new, way, new ways of being and feeling and new ways of experiencing pleasure, because they are new for the partner, will unlock and open up higher heights of pleasure for the partner too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And when, I guess my, my next question I want to ask you then is for someone l- listening to this thinking, right, okay, so how do I, well, how do I start getting pleasure mm-hmm. for myself? Like, what does that look like? How often do I do that? Like, mm. what would be your advice there? Mm. Well, My advice is firstly to look at how you can carve out time just to be with yourself. And I don't mean that this is to carve out time to self-pleasure. This Mm -hmm. is just to carve out time to begin with, to explore what it's like just to be with yourself. And you could be walking in nature or (laughs) you could be having, you know, beautiful long bubble bath, or you could just be in your garden, but carving out time for yourself and understanding that you are entitled to that, you are worthy of that, you deserve that. This is really the very first micro step that you can take. And you know how in our personal time, particularly when we're engaged in creative pursuits like oh, like gardening, or maybe we're out in nature, or maybe we're painting, or um, maybe we're, I don't know, making jewelry or something. When you're in that kind of flow state of creativity, Mm. you know, your mind is so free and and everything's loose, you know, you're not holding this tightness in your body and you're actually really feeling joy in whatever you're doing creatively. Quite often, this is when thoughts and, you know, new ideas and inspirations just pop up because you're in the flow state of creativity. Mm-hmm. And you can direct this by asking yourself, hmm, I wonder, I wonder how I would like to get started with some kind of self-pleasure work for myself. I, I, I wonder, what I, have I ever thought about it? You know, you could just kind of guide your own process of self-inquiry very gently by exploring what this might look like for you because this this is different for each of us you know Mm -hmm. so that's another step that you can take yeah yeah and 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 i think from there because you've carved out time because you've allowed yourself to go into a flow state and just start to think about and ponder on this kind of thing you will start then to feel your body is waking up because as you think about it your body will respond, right? And so you'll be feeling this physical need for, you know, a little more pleasure, a little more embodiment. And, you know, maybe that actually means that you want to move your body a bit. Maybe that means that, you know, you want to start um, taking time to explore your body. And the perfect time for that, of course, is when you have your bath or your shower, because then, you, you know, you, you can you can be in that safe space and, you're naked and you're comfortable with yourself, but you can actually, rather than just functioning, washing yourself and rushing out with a towel on your head, you can actually mindfully wash yourself. Mm. You you can just, you know, it's not, it's nothing too confrontational or tricky at this point. It's really about just allowing yourself 
very slowly to lean into feeling, to lean into pleasure, to lean into self-inquiry. And then when you are ready and when you feel like you want to, to lean into self-touch. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, yeah, I was on the journey mm. there. I love it. Um, and also when you were talking about that, I was thinking about when you said embodiment, I was thinking about mm. dance and movement. And I know oh, when I yeah. started to explore more, um, it was around sort of tantric dance and movement yeah. and kundalini movement. Mm. So, waking up that part um and you do feel it you feel that connection when you move your body mm. a certain way you move your hips in a certain way and also you give yourself permission ladies to do it because I cannot tell you the amount of times I've just been so disconnected from my body. Like when you said, rushing in the shower, grabbing the towel, you know, as quick as you can, not even really looking at myself, not because I felt, you know, disgusting or anything particularly, just it was like I was so disconnected from my body. My body was just something that got me from A to B and that was it. I have been so disconnected from my body for so long that it's on like it, it surprises me now doing the work that I do that I have actually been as disconnected I haven't mm. thought of my body as anything apart from a body like just a thing yes get me about even the way I've oh yeah I've just not been yes. that great with it at all like yes you know so mm. it, and I think me saying that there must be so many people that feel that way. Oh, there, there are so, so many people who feel this way. And I, I think that we can be tempted to try and force ourselves, but I would really encourage anybody who feels this way to try and integrate their shift with their way of life, which is why at the beginning of the process, it's like, well, you know, just find opportunities to allow yourself to think and feel <laughs> mindfully, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? So, so it, it doesn't feel like you are trying to be, become you're not. It doesn't feel like you're trying to um, shed the, the old way and just all of a sudden become somebody else or somebody new because that isn't how it works. And I, I think that when you become mindful about pleasure, and you start to notice how pleasure can be incorporated in your daily life in very small ways, as you were doing all the things that you would normally do anyway, you start to train yourself to open up to the idea that pleasure expands. This is a really important principle. It's a spiral, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right? And the, the, the more we allow it to expand, the more it will expand. And it never reaches some kind of limit or some kind of ceiling. Pleasure just, just continues to grow if we allow it to grow. Just like a seed, if you water the seed, it will grow, you know. And I hear oh. what you're saying, and it feels like it's like a worthiness for some people, though. Like they feel mm. like they're maybe not worthy of having it. And do you feel that that comes back to you know, how they've been taught, what they haven't, the, the unspoken words, you know, like, and maybe p past experiences that come right through, you know, and I mm. think there is different, you know, there's obviously, uh, there, there's people that have suffered horrific abuse. And for the purpose of this, this episode, we're talking about people that maybe haven't, but mm. are just, you know, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? And I think mm. the more we tell ourselves that, we start to believe that there's something wrong with us because mm. no one's really talking about it. And again, when we talked about shame, people get embarrassed as well. Mm. Like they still get embarrassed talking about that stuff. I remember being at school and it was like, you know, late sort of teens, but it was almost like boys would masturbate but girls should never masturbate. And you were gross if you did that. 
Mm. That was the narrative then. So of course you're like, oh, well, that's really gross if I do that. So I better not do that. And then, and then if you had, if people did that, they wouldn't tell their friends that they did it in case they were shamed or judged. So we just, it's like this dark secret, isn't it? Right. Look, I still hear this from women and couples. And there are times when I have asked a couple if they self-pleasure, if they masturbate, and they will look at each other first, <laughs> as if to say, <laughs> you go, he then knows, I will. Right? Yeah, they'll do that. Or um, they, they will, what one of them might usually, if, if it's a heterosexual couple, the, the man may say, oh, you know, rarely. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh yeah, pull the other one. It's got <laughs> bells on it, right? <laughs> and, and quite often, the 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 woman will say, no, no. And I think, well, okay, maybe maybe you don't. And most of the time, you know, I I, I have to believe what people say to me. Um, but when they are hiding it from each other there's something wrong there, isn't it? Because, because it's like they're projecting their shame into the relationship, mm -hmm. right? So right away it feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, so it does. Block and there's mm. resistance and there's shame mm. and they're yes. right away. Yes, and I've also had situations where I've said, I'd, I'd love you to develop a self-pleasure practice. And then of course I, I invite my clients, I, I don't order them <laughs> to do anything. So do it. I'd love you to develop it. Go on, go on, do it. But <laughs> I will in invite them. And uh, I'll say, you know, do you feel comfortable with that? And there have been partners who have said, I'm really uncomfortable with him doing that. Or I'm really uncomfortable with her doing that. I don't like the idea of it. And then do you think that is, Rianne? We've got some work to do. Well, one of the reasons is that when we believe our partner is attaching their sexual pleasure to something that they are thinking about, and we believe it's not going to be us, we feel insecure, don't we? We feel like we might be losing them. It triggers off the not enough pattern mm -hmm. uh, be because there's this assumption, I think in a lot of women, that this is going to send their man to the internet to watch porn or to use porn. And there's an, an assumption perhaps in a lot of men, that it's going to send their partner towards thinking about men who are, you know, not what they are, maybe physically, or, you know, it'll be something that they, they think she desires that he cannot provide and, and vice versa. And that's often why. Yeah. And I know you have worked with heterosexual couples. You've worked with, you know, same-sex couples. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you find that there's difference in the two, or is it still the there's still the same sort of fears and insecurities, or is it different? I'd love to sort of know that. Um, the human condition is such that there are you know many, many facets of this that are the same, but there are always some very specific differences, um, and quite rightly so. You know, for for those couples, for um, lesbian couples, gay couples, um, couples, you know, because there are so many diversities, right, in, in, in relationship and in gender and sexual identity. And so it's very much about the individuals when I have worked with them, because I want to find out about you. I don't want to put you in a box because Absolutely. there is a, there is a label. So it's very much about the individual. However, I have had some incredible successes with lesbian couples. Incredible. Yeah. I, I, I wondered if you would say that actually. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. And uh, it's so hard. I don't want to generalize, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell us, because I the, think I know what you're going to yes, see here. Yeah. You know, the, the openness mm. and the shared experience of pleasure, as in when I talk to you as another woman about my experience of pleasure, you have 
um, a woman's anatomy. Yeah. And so you kind of connect with what I'm saying to yeah, you. You know, you're, fe- you're, feel- you're really feeling you it. it. You know? So the it. empathy between yeah. us women is, is very, very deep. And there is a real sense of understanding um, what's required because as they get to know their bodies and their partner's bodies, they can really find that synergy. Mm. You know? and, and I think that that might be a very important part of why yeah it does make sense doesn't it when you understand that um and I guess what we're seeing here though is that everyone needs to take personal responsibility rather than blaming the partner it's actually looking at what is your relationship with yourself like do you bring not just self-pleasure and like sexual self-pleasure but actually other ways of self-pleasure do you have mm-hmm. enough of it for yourself mm. to open up that space to receive you know are mm. you receiving yourself mm. because actually I know with me in the past I've struggled to receive you know compliments or just receive someone saying something really nice not that I ever thought what oh, I don't believe them it was very numb Mm. you know when someone would you know you did amazing with this and that I would would be like yeah thank you and I I was very grateful but it was it was such a disconnect but when I went in to do the work I realized how how scared I was to be really really vulnerable Mm -hmm. and and receive and therefore and it started to make sense to me I was like oh my gosh right this is this is my stuff. I used to always, when in relationships, I would be with a partner and then I would be, I'm, I'm a loving, you know, loving and so on. And then I would feel like they would stop kind of showing up or they would maybe try and hold me back. And, and, and again, at the time before knowing what I know now, I would like, I'm, I can't be like put in a box. I can't be held back. And, they would, you know, they would stop showing up for me. And I I always kind of wore it like a badge of honour, like I won't take shit off anyone. I don't take shit off men. If someone tries to put me down, that's it, we're done. And I would end the relationship. And I actually wore it as a badge of honour. And I used to have friends and that used to say, well, how are you so strong with men? You're so strong with men. You don't put up with nonsense. And, you know, and, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And obviously I learned all this behaviour, right? But I wore it as a badge of honour. And then I once went to a coach a few years ago and I was telling her as if it was a great thing. And she called me a frog farmer. She said that I turned princes into frogs. And I was so offended, Rihanna. I was like, what? I am not. I was good. They were the ones that were like out of order and they stopped showing up and they tried to put me down and hold me back. And I'm not being put down by any man. But I realised that without even realising what I was doing, I never let them, they got close, but never close enough to see the, 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 all the layers down and, and the vulnerable naked me. And that, because that's when I felt unsafe. It felt unsafe for me. And I kind of, this invisible wall went up and the relationship just started to break down. Mm. Mm. And so I've had to work on this, like, and I still work on it um, because it's a safety thing. It's a safety thing. I came from a single parent family, you know, absent dad. And there was the narrative was that men aren't to be trusted and um, always keep a bit back, always protect yourself. And without even realising, because if you'd have asked me a few years ago, do you do that? Did you take that narrative on? I would have said, no. I love men because I actually had amazing relationship with relationships with men. Lots of boyfriends who were friends. We had great chats. But actually, it was like, whoa, as I did this work, I'm like, holy moly. Yeah, Jill, mm-hmm. you are a frog farmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's no badge of honour, right? <laughs> no, it's frog not. Farmer. It's not. I love it. yeah. It's not. But I guess it is just understanding that 
you have to work on your stuff. Like we can't expect someone to come and save us and, mm. and make us feel good and fill a void that yes. needs to be met by ourselves and only ourselves. And then once we do that, I guess what you're saying, and please correct me if I'm if I'm I'm not getting this right. That once we do that, we just create so much more space to communicate much more comfortably what it is that we want and what it is that we mm. deeply desire. Mm. Mm. It's true. Look, when you were in that space, you were defensive. And so you were in control. You were possibly at times avoidant, maybe. Very. I am anxious <laughs> avoidant. That is me. That is me. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. I didn't even realize it. I'm not as, but I was all completely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your fallback position. And of course, what would happen is you would slip out of your feminine receptive into your masculine. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't need you. I can do this all for myself. Yeah, but but not not in a soft receptive, you know, and I am going to love myself deeply kind of a way, more like in the kind of a way where you would actually deny yourself the pleasure of that connection with that man, you know, because you've put the wall up. And of course, yes, it is about safety, ultimately. And you had to work to find that safety within yourself so that you could just drop some of that emotional armor and allow them in without feeling that fear of like, I need to protect myself, I need to run away, I need, I need, yeah. I need, to, I need to not make myself vulnerable to this, mm. to this man. Um, so the strategy was not serving you well, sadly, mm. but I, I guess it must have been a super valuable experience for you to be called out and, and to be told that you're a frog farmer, because what you realize is that it's not about the fact that you have been attracting these unsuitable men. It's about the fact that you have not allowed yourself to see the full potential of those men who came to your door. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that's it. And I would, I, yeah, I think there's so many people mm. similar especially Mm. around the masculine and the feminine Mm. you know when I tuned into that I mean when I was little I was very girly girl I was a mummy's girl and then the the masculine way it was like you know toughen up don't get made a fool out of don't Mm. let men walk over you and I learned that really really young and so I wasn't probably like, uh, I was never a shouter or anything, Rianne, so I've never confrontational that way, but very self-assured, you know? So mm-hmm. I knew myself. And um, if someone tried to, particularly a man, would try and tell me, you know, some a little bit maybe, oh, a little bit gaslighting maybe, oh, you, you know, you this... Uh, I would just shut it down. My masculine would just be like, boom, no. No one will tell me how it feel and da-da-da. But I really ended up just disconnecting from so much. Mm. And I thought that was just the way. And I, I see so many other people around me, still women particularly, and that masculine energy. And you can only go so long without burnout because you ain't you know you can adrenal fatigue and I mean there's just so much and it impacts your body starts to show you right Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. illness and um things that start to manifest in your body because we're so disconnected from another part of ourself that is just so natural Mm. you know so how do we get the balance between both then Rianne it's a question that I think so many women are asking so many so many women out there are asking that question look ultimately we need a masculine structure right in order to hold us so that we're able to expand just as a tree needs its roots Mm -hmm. 
we, we need our roots and our foundation in order to be able to safely move into that expression and that feminine flow, you know. Mm. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, it depends on the individual, doesn't it? But for, for some of us, we need to really build that safe foundation for ourselves so that we can go there with our creativity and our self-expression and our sexual expression. And we need to find it within ourselves, not by having a man in our lives to provide all of that for us. Yeah, you know. Totally. So, so you, do, you do that energy work of balancing your masculine and feminine within yourself in order to provide your safe foundation and your structure so that you can then expand, you know. Mm. And w when you think about what a, a lot of men need to do right now, <laughs> it's around knowing that they can use their masculine structure and their traits and their strengths in an honorable way for themselves so that they can allow their feminine to expand and to explore their feminine right and then when we come together we are not moving into codependence yeah right we are moving into a wonderful interdependence where we add value to each other's lives and we start to learn that it's okay for me to lean into my feminine and for you to lean into your masculine because that's our natural default position <laughs> and it's safe to do that because actually we can both, each of us, support ourselves. Support ourselves. Mm. I love that. And I mm. think that's this this whole thing about maybe just like tearing up the rule book. Mm. Rule book around, mm. you know, this is how a good wife should be. This is how a good husband should be. This is how a good mother should be. And it's all about, I see it still, celebrating the selfless woman. You know, the oh, woman who just puts everyone right. <laughs> she's so amazing because she is so selfless and is it any wonder that we are not getting our needs met because we are trying to be something that I, I, yeah I, I, I hear you it's it's crazy it's crazy I have a take on that that I really love to share which is that there is selfishness which of course we, we all scream at when we hear that word we cringe inside oh no i don't want to be selfish <laughs> right then there is that selflessness that you're talking about which somehow has been um put on a pedestal as if, as if it's something to aspire to but there is this other place which i call self-service now when you are in service just as you are in service to your clients as i am or you know if if you have a spiritual practice it's it's like you are in service to nature or to the divine as as you engage with that spiritual practice you can shift into service to yourself which is an honorable kind of service that is not selfish because it's for the highest good because it's about anchoring to truth because it's about seeing your body and your your world your life as your temple and you see that being in service to self is actually almost like an act of devotion mm -hmm. to, to you you know and and then in relationship we can bring that to the party because the relationship becomes a space of mutual devotion. It's this third space, right, from which we can just fly spiritually, emotionally, physically. And it's all about the service and the honoring and the truth and the authenticity. Totally. All about that from both places. For, for, for every individual right. needs to do that right. for themselves yes. first. Because yes. then there's less resentment. Yeah, yeah. Less anger, less emotion and frustration and I'm not being seen, I'm not being heard, my needs are not being met. Well, yeah. if everyone met their own needs first, we would have so, we'd just be richer to just explore and want right. to give more to other people when we've met our own needs first. It's this old rule book of like celebrating the selfless women and, and even for men, like providing for everyone, providing for the family Ooh. first. 
And even though you're miserable and you hate your job, but you're doing it because you need to feed your children. And like, this is where these rules <laughs> that someone mm. just put pen to paper hundreds and or thousands of years ago and we've taken this on and then because we don't feel like actually that rule doesn't feel right for me we feel mm. like there's something wrong with us mm. we take on that shame or well, shame on you that you're not the selfless woman or shame on you that you don't provide for your family enough that or that you don't give to your kids before you give to yourself shame on you and it's this whole thing where then people just feel so lost and alone that they can't speak to anyone about it but actually I think so many people are feeling the same way and we need to just start to talk about this and normalize it right look it's a scarcity mentality who says that because I give to myself I can't give to my kids you know who who says that because I've chosen to give to myself first I can't be a great partner to my husband it's not true. In fact, by giving to myself and making sure I'm resourced, I can resource them richly. And I know that because I experienced that myself in my everyday life, that the more I give to myself, the more of me is available for my family, my children, my pets, my, my work, the more of me is available. And quite often I have clients who say to me, Rianne, I don't know how you do it. You know, so I might have a session with a woman and she might say, Say to me, I don't know how you do it if you have to listen to, <laughs> you know, and guide, um, you know, 15 or 20 women like me at the same time. I don't know how you do it. And I explained to her that it is nothing, um, no, it's not some kind of a blessing that I have that you can't have. It, it's actually the fact that I choose to resource myself so richly that I can keep holding space I can keep giving to you it's, and it's I, unlimited isn't it what, right. like what you said, we place a limit yeah scarcity mindset yeah and actually when we realize that there's no destination this is the journey and actually yeah, yeah. Limitless, abundance is everywhere it doesn't just stop and go right you've had enough <laughs> for a week don't be greedy you're no. not getting any more for the rest of the year. <laughs> no, like what a load of crap <laughs> that oh, actually is. So start to honor yourself, start yes. to practice pleasure, start to be devoted to yourself and to the life that you want to experience, however that looks, whoever you want to be with or however you want to do it is fine. It's perfect. That's what's meant to be. Um, but stop the the overgiving and the, uh, the the sense that you're not entitled and you're not worthy stop it stop it stop it yes you heard her stop it stop it stop it oh my goodness I have just loved this conversation oh. Rianne I need to get you back on because oh, there's you. so much I want to talk to you <laughs> oh my goodness Rianne how can people get in touch with you well, people can find me on Facebook as Rianne Kivitz. People can find me on the internet, RianneKivitz.com. Um, and uh, yeah, pe people, can, people can connect with me either through friend requests or sending me a message via the website. If Amazing. To. I'm going to put all your links in the show. Thank you. Like, there's going to be so many people <laughs> wanting to like speak to you more and connect with you. Um, because this has just been wonderful and we didn't actually plan what we were going to talk about we just went with it so I know that the right people that need to hear this will hear this and connect with it I know oh. I got so much from it Rianne thank you so so much <laughs> thank you for having me it's been a delight we we could have talked for hours <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna have to get you back on for sure <laughs> amazing thank you